standing up in McKinney. This is According to Callus. And it is a Tuesday. So that is episode 370. And for those of you following along, that's right. It is a Texit Tuesday. You know, it was going to be a Texas Tuesday, but in celebration of Brian Slayton putting forth the legislation indicating that, hey, uh, we of the Texas legislature ought to put forth a referendum allowing we, the people of the state of Texas, get a determination on whether or not we want to seek our own independence. That's something to be worthy of celebration. And for those of you who don't think there is a cost for doing this, you need not look any further than my own local bloodsucker who notified the general public that anybody that signs up for this treasonous and seditious act will get nothing done in the legislature. Well, first of all, I don't know where he thinks he has the authority to do that. And secondarily, um, not sure that he understands what seditious or treasonous means. So, uh, I will just <clears throat> go and look at Miriam Webster. Why not? Sedition is an overt conduct, just speech or organization that tends towards rebellion against the established order. Mm, maybe. How about? Oh, I'm sorry. That was Wikipedia. <laughs> and we all know how good Wikipedia is about telling the truth. Miriam Webster said, uh, the crime of creating a revolt, disturbance, or violence against a lawful civil authority with the intent to cause overthrow or destruction compared to criminal syndical syndicalism or sabotage. Hmm. So let me ask you, do you think that asking for we, the people being able to vote on a proposition of whether or not we want to declare our independence is a revolt, a disturbance, or in any way, shape, or form violent? I think not. And if you're going to, um, I don't know, put forth such an accusation, you ought to be able to back it up. I won't hold my breath. So interestingly enough, I, uh, I'm quite sure that, uh, that's a high bar, right? Now, treason as defined by the U.S. Constitution, is against the United States shall consist only in levying war against them or in adhering to their enemies or giving aid or comfort. And they cannot be convicted of treason unless there are two witnesses of the same overt act or if they should be foolish enough to confess of it. So, again, I ask you, by that definition, who has taken part in a treasonous offense. All right. Now, you can go look at 18 U.S.C. chapter 115, which is on treason, sedition, and subversive activities. It solicits or accepts financial contributions, loans, or support in any kind, directly or indirectly, from... I'm sorry, I hit the button. And now I lost it. <laughs> or is affiliated directly or indirectly with a foreign government or of a political subdivision thereof, I mean the foreign government, agent, agency, or instrumentality of a foreign government or political subdivision thereof. Hmm. 
Yeah, I'm pretty sure that's not treason. Um, so I say to the uh, <clears throat> colleague of Brian Slayton who can't even use words properly, perhaps you ought to go brush up on your law degree if you're going to throw out those uh, accusations. <sighs> well, any case, this is a Texas, well, I'm sorry, a Texas Tuesday, so it's time to blow and go, right? We have the bill filed. You need to contact your state reps, your state senators, and tell them, hey, nearly 90% of the people at the Republican convention voted in support of this, not once, but twice. This is not a declaration of anything other than people getting to speak on this issue. And if you think it's such a crazy, if you think it's such a loony idea, you should have zero fear of putting it forth to we the people because it'll get voted down. But if you are afraid, then that speaks volumes. So those people that go down to Austin and act as if they are the defenders of the Republic, right? The vanguard of democracy don't want we the people to have a say on this issue. Now, I accept that progressives generally talk a good game, but don't deliver. What I don't like, though, is when we have people that identify themselves as conservatives, they identify themselves as Christians, they identify themselves as constitutionalists, yet they just choose to ignore this option. They choose to browbeat and abuse those that want to stand up for their rights. So I ask, why do we keep sending these people back down to Austin? Therein lies the rub. So let me remind you, in Collin County, when the districts were redrawn, they were drawn in such a way that four of them would be uh, perpetual Republican slash conservative seats, right? And the fifth one was the sacrificial lamb. And they used that to um, handicap Collin County, in my opinion. And they, they sold us their story. But what it really comes down to is they didn't want to have to fight. They didn't want to have to put in the effort to win their reelection. They thought, well, we'll just carve out this little area in Collin County and we'll make it slightly blue and they'll focus all their energies on that and we can just skate to re-election. Yes. Well, the flip side of that is whereupon many of us were not excited about several of our state reps, but when those reps were, you know, winning barely with oodles of money and lots of support, we felt that it was best to not go after them, to not try and raise primary opponents, not to attack them. Well, the gloves are coming off, right? If you're going to attack your constituents, if you're going to attack the very people that get you reelected, then why would we continue to support you? Why would we put in any effort to help you? I wonder, I wonder what's going to happen in 2024. Now, I don't have any secret sauce or special knowledge here. I'm just purely speculating what could happen. I would love to see, I don't know, three or four people in multiple districts raise enough money that they could put up a viable campaign 
and force these guys to go out and defend their actions. You know, what's interesting to me is we have at least one of our state reps that has gone out of his way to support the very thing that we, the Republican Party, at our convention said we don't want in the state of Texas. And for those of you following along, that would be an expansion in casino gambling. Now, myself personally, that's not a big issue in my book, but it was voted down. The majority of the Republican Party doesn't want that. Yet the same individual feels that it's his right and his duty to shove that through. Yet, when the corresponding opposite things happen, whereupon nearly 90% of those people at that same said convention voted in support of an issue, he feels it's moral obligation and duty to abuse those people that support that, uh, talk down to them, accuse them of crimes. False accusations do have their own uh, costs to them. And to what end? To look good? To prop yourself up to the Democrats that will never, ever vote for you anyway? It makes no sense to me. And I had high hopes that now that we had, quote unquote, safe seats for these Republicans, these conservatives, these former members of the Freedom Caucus, that they would revert to their own ways. They would go back to whom they once were, and they would advocate for freedom and liberty for all of us, and they would protect Texas. Sadly, it appears I was mistaken. It it appears that we went from having a 4-5-0 representation, right, because Part of it went into Rockwell, but we had four and a half Republicans, and now we're down to a net of three. Well, we have five seats in Collin County, but when you gift one to your opponent, they neutralize one of your people. So that leaves us with a net three. So I ask you, how are we better served? Now, I know that the Democrats are thrilled to death that they finally get a representative in Collin County. And honestly, if they had a sane, qualified person that was a representative, I could, I could get behind that. I don't, I don't think that they should have no say. I don't think that they should be ignored and completely pushed aside as if they don't count. But on the flip side, when your party specializes in finding the, the ones that advocate for outright socialism and communism, uh, yeah, that's kind of a problem. And I'm not saying that about the person down in HD70, because quite frankly, I don't know. I've heard, I've heard all sorts of stories, but I can't verify those. I, I don't know, but it will see. We will see what comes out in this session, right? We'll get a hands-on look at what these people do in this session. We're, we're almost 60 days in, and that means they're going to actually maybe start doing some things. Hmm? And we'll see. But it's no matter to me, because I'm going to keep doing what I've been doing, which is remind you that everything is local. Remind you that little things matter, that you can make your biggest impact right outside your back door in your own community. And we can push back. It's, it's a little more challenging at the local level to push back at the state because the local levels are creations of the state. 
But at the state level, we can and ought to be pushing back against the federal government. It is our duty an obligation to push back against the federal government up into perhaps telling the federal government, we've had enough of your fun. We're going to go our own way. That is what the Texas independence referendum is about. It's about getting the people of Texas the opportunity to discuss what exactly is at play here. What informed decision can be made here? Now, I don't think that even my representative here in Callan County would advise for a wife to stay with an abusive husband. Likewise, I think that he might be so um, inclined to step in and protect children that were being abused by their parents. But when we, the state of Texas, have had enough of our abuse at the hands of the federal government, He tells us, no, you have no option. You must continue to be abused. How does that work? If it's abuse, you shouldn't tolerate it. If people are overreaching, then they need to be curtailed and pushed back. Unless, of course, they're elected officials in D.C. And again, I've talked about this time and time again. I don't think there is a way forward in D.C. I don't think we can fix D.C. And I certainly don't think D.C. has any interest in fixing the country. It is the Byzantium or the Constantinople of our day. And the best thing that can happen is for it to become irrelevant and a rump state and a ruin of its former self. Now, I'm not suggesting that we should sack it like Rome was. I'm not suggesting that we should overthrow or (laughs) take part in, you know, um, regicide. No, not at all. I'm merely suggesting that we, the people, exercise our God-given ability to declare our independence. We used to say that we held those truths self-evident. We used to believe that we have a right to our own self-governance, but apparently several of our state reps don't believe that you have a right to self-governance. They think that perpetuity has no options. I never agreed to perpetuity. I don't think my grandfather or his grandfather, well, actually his grandfather was in Prussia, so I guess that doesn't count, but I don't imagine that my mother's family, right? who had been here for at least 14 generations, really would have signed on for this kind of deal. I I don't think anybody's excited about not being able to make a different choice at some point in the future. You know, the Declaration of Independence was a roadmap to separation. It It was a declaration of separation. We didn't seek to overthrow the crown. No, we just wanted to walk away from it. Likewise, we're not seeking to overthrow D.C., DC can go and do its DC thing. We're going to go our own way. Now I understand that does leave us with a quandary what to do about Austin, what to do about the people in Austin, particularly the ones that don't want to listen or don't want to, oh, I don't know, follow what their constituents demand. Now I know in revolutionary times, there were some radical things done. I don't advise that that we should do that now. I don't think we're there now, but it is interesting that we take far more abuse than the colonists did from the king. 
We tolerate far more taxes than what the colonists ever took from the king and the parliament. We tolerate far more usurpations of our own private lives and spying than what the colonists would have ever tolerated. And while we're talking about the colonists, you need not look any further than the history of Texas. And when the Texians came here, a good number of them from the mid-Atlantic states and other southern states, some willing, some unwilling, they came here because they thought they were going to be granted certain things. And when that government, when that empire failed to live up to the constitution that was in place, they said, thanks, but no thanks. We're going to go our own way. But now this very same state that was created by a republic that separated itself from a tyrannical power to join another country that was created by a separation from a tyrannical power has its very people in the legislature telling us that we no longer have that ability. That is not an option allowed to us. And to just speak about this would make you a seditious traitor. Interesting. So that means that they're loyalists. And loyalists in the sense that they're loyal to the crown, not to the people. Loyal in the sense that they would encourage and applaud abuse of power. Are you really sure that that's the side you want to join up with? Do you really want to be labeled a loyalist? Now, we know in the Revolutionary War, there was a near equal amount of loyalists to patriots. And when the patriots won, they had every opportunity to go and punish the loyalists, but they used restraint. They forgave them. They brought them back into the fold, for better or for worse. Many of them became Federalists, and, well, you know, the Federalists sought to reproduce the very things that we broke away from. But fast forward to today, I would imagine that those very same Federalists would bristle at the abuse of power that's done in their name. Those very same Federalists would reject almost all that has gone on in our current government, both at the state and federal level while we're at it. And the Patriots, (laughs) I hasten to dredge up what they might have wanted to do or what they might have actually already done. We're supposed to be better than that. We're supposed to treat people better than that. We actually have representatives. The only problem is, is they don't represent us. It's been said many times that perhaps we need to get our house reps and our senators uh, suits like they wear in NASCAR so that they show who exactly is their sponsor and who they're working for. I mean, it's not a bad idea. I mean, if I were to uh, run for office and I was to get elected, I would have no problem saying, hey, I got this money from these people. This is why they gave me this money. And we already agree on these issues. So I'm going to support the, these issues when they come up. I find no shame in that. I'm not, I'm not afraid of that. I don't, I don't see that that's a problem, but yet they hide it. They lie to us. They campaign as one thing and then they govern as another. And when I say govern, yeah, they really don't govern. See, it would come to me, in my opinion, that it's far more seditious or treasonous to leave the border unsecured. It'd be far more treasonous or seditious, in my opinion, If you don't care enough about your own state sovereignty that you let it be abused because 
I mean, if you're going to use some goofy version of what those words actually mean, I think that would be a far closer approximation of what the original intent was behind them. When you have your own government or representatives of your own government siding with foreign governments or international actors to put you under their thumb, who's the traitor? And to call somebody a traitor that calls you out for it or says, hey, this is enough. We need to stop that. That's another lesson in projection. To accuse somebody of the very thing that you yourself are doing, to confuse the matter, to drive them away, to, you know, obfuscate. And I'm probably butchering that word, but I don't really care. What's sad to me is that we continue to tolerate it. And to be fair, to be fair, I think Texit in and of itself is a long shot. I am very curious to see how that uh, referendum would play out. I think it would be an exciting time. I think it would be an educational time. I think it would be a great debate. I think it would reignite the imagination of we the people. I think it would excite Texas like nothing else. But I think that's what the fear is. I think they don't want Texas to be excited. I don't think they feel that it's in the nation's best interest if Texas were to be, well, I don't know, concerned about Texas. You know, there's an idea that we should have America first. And I agree when dealing with other nations, America should put their interests and their concerns first. Likewise, when Texas deals with, well, I don't know, the rest of the nation, we ought to be more concerned about Texas first. And we certainly ought to be more concerned about Texas first when dealing with foreign nations. And in our current rate, I think that D.C. has become equivalent or worse than most foreign nations with the way that they abuse the other states. I think it's only a matter of time. I believe it's inevitable that the United States will become many nations or many rump states. And I don't think that's going to necessarily be a terrible thing. But I will tell you, those that would seek to retain power by abusing and subjugating others often find a fate that I would not want. Hmm? You, you can hold people in place for so long until they rebel. And that would bring about the very thing that they're uh, creating the accusation of, right? When you have an open rebellion, that's not accomplishing the same thing. That's, that's not seeking the same ends. But when you repress people, when you force them, when you don't give them any other option, that's what happens. I don't want that. I want for every person to have an opportunity to speak freely and discuss openly what they think is best for Texas. Or, for that matter, if you're in Oklahoma, Oklahoma. Arkansas, Arkansas. Louisiana, Louisiana. New Mexico, New Mexico. Heck, who knows? New Mexico wanna jo- might want to join with Old Mexico. I wouldn't really be opposed to that. I think the people in New Mexico might have second guesses after they were to do that. But I think... under the guise of popular sovereignty, right? They ought to be able to determine what is best for them as the citizens and residents of that state. I don't know what the fear is here. I don't know what makes this uh, so magic that we have to have 50 states in this exact border. 
Now, I've heard Tom Woods talk about this many times. I've heard other people talk about it. Same thing as well. I'm not looking to destroy anything. I'm looking to fix things. I'm looking to recreate the sovereignty, the liberty that we once experienced. And for those of you that want to dwell on the negative and bad things that happened in our history, I'm not going to defend it. Yeah, they happened. And you know what? They happened for millennia before the United States was formed. And it's going to keep happening because in case you haven't been paying attention to the rest of the world, it's still going on. Those very same bad things that you want to beat us up for and that you want to put upon us, they still go on in other parts of the world. And really, to a lesser extent, it's here too. It's just under the radar. It's it's uh, not acknowledged because to acknowledge it would be to allow that there is a problem and that problem would need to be dealt with. Perhaps we send in the Marines. I mean, we did go to the shores of Tripoli for the very same thing, but we do nothing now. And those people who are charged with that responsibility seem to be abdicating it, seem to be more content to beat up their very people that are concerned about their country, their state for daring to speak out on behalf of their state Well, they could go down there and issue their platitudes and fix nothing. I've said this once. I've said it twice. I'll say it again. I don't believe Texas is a panacea. I don't believe we're going to get everything that we think that we want by declaring our independence. I'm not even certain that we'll be able to declare independence. I don't know that we have enough percentage of people that would support it. But what I do know is that our state representatives have a moral duty and obligation to allow we, the people to have that discussion, to have the open debate, to have a vote on it. And the mere fact that they won't means that they don't respect democracy. They don't respect a representative Republic. They don't respect the very constitution, which they swore an oath to. And if you want to talk about treason and sedition, when you take an oath, that really has no expiration date. My oath was to the Constitution. I'm maintaining my oath. I'm upholding my oath, even by supporting independence. I'll ask you, if you seek to punish people, if you seek to Uh, disallow them, if you seek to disquiet them, to cancel them, to um, subjugate them, to abuse them, to surveil them, to lock them up. Who's in violation of their oath? Now, apparently, uh, there was a federal court that issued the opinion that we can't really hold these people liable for violating their oath. Okay. So an elected official doesn't have to actually follow their oath. So does that mean that it's perfectly legal to lie to a court? I'm just wondering, inquiry minds want to know, does that make it okay to, I don't know, lie in immigration forms? Because apparently it happens all the time and nobody cares. Either have truth or you don't have truth. And if you're going to give an oath of office, you ought to be held accountable to it. You ought to be able to be punished for violating that oath of office. Perhaps that is the real way that we go forward on this. I don't know about you, 
But we may be two or three steps removed from the ability to declare Texas independence. But that doesn't mean we can't continue to work towards it. It doesn't mean that we can't continue to push for it. It took us five terms to get some facsimile of constitutional carry, which again, for those of you following along, is really limited permitless carry. They trumpet it as if it's this great constitutional carry bill. And to be fair, it is significantly better than once was. But they are giving it a title which it does not deserve. They're selling you the pig in the poke. You don't really know what you got until you open it up. And I'm here to suggest to you that a good number of things that come out of Austin this term are likely to be very much the same thing. Yet, I can see it now in 2024, uh, the majority of these people are going to win their primaries and they're going to demand that we swear fealty to them, that we get them reelected just so they can go and do the same thing again. And they're going to sail us on the idea that it'd be oh so much worse if the Democrats are in charge. And while that might be true, at a certain point, that loses its effectiveness as a sales pitch. I want something more than, well, we're not Democrats. I want to know, how are you going to protect liberty? How are you going to instill freedom? How are you going to protect our sovereignty? And how are you going to push back upon the abuse of federal government? And that, my friends, is what Texas is all about, in my opinion. And with that, this has been, according to Callis, episode 370. Who would have thought? Do me a favor. Like, share, subscribe. If you're feeling like this was worth your time, it was educational, entertaining, informative, whatever your choice is, do me a favor. Go rate the show or comment on it. Every little bit helps. The algorithms are a funny boss. And with that, I'll see you on the other side.